listeners, just kidding. That's not at all what this show is about. This is This Band is Real, the show about bands you've never heard of. I'm your host, Madeline DiMiuga, and we've got some rockin' guests today. That's right. It is all about The Rock this episode. I hope you guys are ready. Not about Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his new show, Young Rock, on NBC. No, no, no. This is about music. So, uh, yeah. You know what? I'm super psyched. Let's just get into it. You guys know what this is by now, right? Cool. Thank you again for listening to This Band Is Real. We got probably the most notorious frontman we have this season. You know him, you love him, and hate him. It is Damian Winchester of Urinary Olympics. Say hello. Hi, thanks for having me. Wow, hated. All right. Hated. We're coming in yeah, to you, make this interesting. Ooh. You got a little bit but i mean hey it's rock and roll comes with the territory fair enough because honestly how how can people not say that whenever they see the band name urinary olympics like how how did this name come about the name came around uh well it was sort of it kind of plays into how we formed as a band uh as i went to school with um uh my drummer jason and our bassist alex and uh, you know we were all we all met in high school band, or, excuse me, middle school band together, and uh, you know we were always just kind of uh, you know busting each other's balls or whatever because you know uh, no I was playing the guitar and you know Jason had his drums and we always would you know try and say that you know we were better at our instruments than they were at somebody else's you know I mean middle school boys they're fucking idiots and <laughs> we never really grow out of it do we. Um, but uh, on weekends we would uh, he'd usually go to uh, Jason's house so he didn't have to move his kid everywhere, and we would just uh, like we would just jam, and we would uh, you know we would try to outplay each other on our instruments. And uh, uh, Jason's dad he called them uh, pissing contests, uh, which his mom didn't approve of the language. So then uh, we had to start calling them uh, the Urinary Olympics, and so that's just uh, yeah, that's where we got the name. Ah, got it. I mean, it 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 does feel very middle school, and yet fitting because there seems to be this like competitive edge to y'all's music. It almost feels like every instrumentalist in the band is trying to outdo each other with like yeah, sick oh, riff or lick. Yeah, absolutely. Happening. Um, you know, it is sort of a friendly competition even to this day. Um, but I think you know we all. It's healthy because you know we all push each other to uh to make each other better because we don't want to be uh you know we all don't want to be the the loser of our you know whatever our contest is right we loved bands like you know the Clash and the Who and uh, you know I I forget where I read it but somebody said that you know, the Who uh, every member of the Who played like they were the lead member of the Who which I always thought was so funny and I think that really uh struck a chord with us no pun intended. Uh, Unless you you want it to be, then it's very much intended. Oh, you don't have to please me, Damien. It's fine. You should just be worrying about how, like, some people... I mean, look, I can't be the first to mention this seemingly notorious show that happened Uh in uh, Lexington. You know the one. Lexington, Kentucky. Come on. (laughs) Come on, Damien. Give us the deets. What happened? All right. In that dirty, oh. dirty self. 
okay. Uh, I love telling this story. Yeah, so we were in Lexington, Kentucky. And, of course, when you're in Kentucky, what do you got to do? You got to hit the bourbon trail, man. And so, um, you know, we were, we'd hit the trail once or twice and um, uh, acquired some fine spirits, as it were. You know, after a show, we would we would indulge. Um, well, we would indulge before the show and uh, during the show too. And um, uh, <laughs> you know, I said we like to push each other. Well, after uh, after a few uh, glasses of uh, bourbon, we all uh, we all decided to take that literally. So we just started pushing each other. At first, it was just us messing around on stage. Uh, but I guess monkey see, monkey do, and then the whole crowd started pushing each other. Oh, excuse me, how rude. Ugh, whatever, I'm a rock star. Yeah, just the pushing just grew and grew until it was just one giant mosh pit in the whole in the whole uh, building, which then spread to outside and, uh, you know, security and police were involved. It was really a great time, and I'm proud to have been a part of it. I mean, people were saying that it was a little bit like an amorphous Katamari game of just how many people <laughs> were involved in this <laughs> this mosh pit, this moving mosh pit that just yeah. uh, decimated most of Lexington, <laughs> Kentucky. Yeah. And like you don't you don't have anything to say for yourself. You don't have any uh, any. Do you have any apologies for the people of Lexington? I mean, I've of course I had to have my written legal apology after the fact, um, mm. which I do uh, I do mean with all my heart. You know, we're sorry for all the uh, you know property damage or whatever. Um, but you know, like I said, we're fans of the Clash, so I think uh, I think Joe Strummer would have been proud of us that night. Damien, do you like to live life on the edge? Would you say put yourself in danger? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, once your senses get heightened, that's when you're truly in the moment. You're very present and you're just kind of with it all, you know, and uh, hmm. it's, it's very important to have that, particularly when you're on stage. But, you know, I think I try to have that even off stage. It really helps me. It really helps me write and, you know, keeps it keeps the band better. Uh, you know, I think it's just good. I Maybe there are healthier ways of of uh, getting yourself into the moment, but you know that's well, just how I that's I how mean, I stay present. I mean, that's that's just like funny to me because I'm just why why do white people love to do dangerous things? A- answer me this because uh like you you guys you guys just love doing like things like spelunking, like like the Amazing Race and Survivor. Well, um. I think in some cases, you know, unfortunately, the law being the way it is, is, you know, we're never punished for these kinds of things. I mean, mm. you know, we've had some pretty uh, rambunctious shows all over the country, but people keep having us, even though, you know, unfortunately, if this this kind of behavior was exhibited by a band that did not share a skin color, they'd probably be demonized, um, mm. which is uh, not super fucked up and wrong. And... Um, you know, we try to uh, we try to bring those themes up in our music because that's you know really what punk is all about: speaking truth to power and you know, uh, and just fighting back against you know the police state that we find ourselves in. Uh, huh. Despite, uh, despite, I don't know. I'm uh, I hit the bourbon trail a little bit tonight. <laughs> if I might be honest. Um, 
Yeah, I think a lot of people just don't want to admit that they live in a, uh, you know, that we live a lot more a lot more closely to fascism than most people would probably be comfortable with admitting. Uh, so I think that's probably why, you know, we behave the way we do, um, just from a lack, I guess a, a, a long-winded way of saying a lack of consequence, I guess. As far as the spelunking and mountain climbing, uh, I mean, I don't know, I'm not sure, <laughs> a, sen- a sense of adventure, you know, that <laughs> nothing puts you on the edge quite like literally being on the edge, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, I-, I gotta give you credit, though, that's some major self and social awareness that you got there, Damien. I'm not, I'm more than I just a pretty face. You. Thank you. Ah, well this, the, these all be true things. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I hear you on all that kind of stuff as well. I think that there's like a, there's a bit that comedian who's also a writer on SNL, Samantha J has where she talks about how, um, the one quality in white people that has persisted throughout generations is just audacity. <laughs> like the audacity of white people have really carried them through because you tell them no, and they'll tell you, let me speak to your manager. Like, yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, the audacity. Oh, wow. That is, that is, that's just, that's just poetry right there. That's beautiful. Dude, check out that stand-up. It's, it's, it's a killer Kind of funny, kind of sad, 100% <laughs> true. Okay, so, Diary Without a Writer and Diamond Dogs, the single that's off of that album. Tell me about this album. I just want to know, where did Diary Without a Writer, where did it come from? How did it come to be? Uh, so, you know, after we finished up our last tour, you know, we... Uh, we we're tossing around ideas uh, during our long bus rides in between, in between cities, you know, just working on new songs. And um, especially after we finished the last one, I think we all really wanted to just sort of shake up our approach to it and try and keep it fresh. Um, and so what, what I did is I, you know, I talk about just trying to be present a lot. And so I would, when I sat down to write, I would kind of turn my brain off, if that makes sense, and I would just kind of let things happen. I didn't try to be so um, self-judgmental. Mm. I just tried to go where my, you know, my fingers went on my instrument, and I would just sort of um, hum melodies that I was improvising just at the time. So, um, you know, it's something. This album felt, you know, something that was just uh, like really deeply personal, even though it didn't really mm. always feel like I was necessarily in control of it. You know what I mean? And so that's just yeah. kind of where I got the idea of like, you know, having a diary and, you know, everything's just kind of written down, even though like it might be true. And it's like 100% your authentic experience, but you're not, you weren't necessarily like your hand literally wasn't controlling the words you were putting mm. down. I know that's like, like so like snooty or whatever, but you know, it's, no. it's just what it felt like. And uh, no. I too much poetry. Um. Actually, truthfully, that happened to me once. Yeah, tell me about that. Um, it was wild. Uh, my grandmother had recently passed away. Actually, oh. on the day that we're recording this. Oh my goodness! I'm today so sorry. is. No, it's okay. But today uh, would have been, I believe, her ninety-first uh, birthday. Ninety-first. Wow. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um. But anyhow, um, after she had passed away, uh, my family obviously was very very heartbroken about it and i was preparing to 
leave from college to go home for her funeral. And uh, one day, whenever I was on the bus, on like a shuttle back to my dorm, I got kind of like this itch for some reason, like this weird itch that I needed to start writing. And then I started writing and then I kept doing it, but I didn't really feel like I was doing it. And then after I had finished writing, it turned out I wrote a full song and it was a message from my grandmother to the rest of my family that oh, I had basically yeah. penned out to to melody. Oh, I love and I that. Was like, that's really whoa. That's really great. See, that's what I love about like songwriting because you get those, you know, mm-hmm. you get those unique moments, and they're yours. Yeah, oh, man. I mean, also like apparently, I didn't know this until later. Whenever I had told my dad about it, it's a trait that runs a lot within the female members of my family. Apparently. There's this connection to the supernatural where like oh, um, I'm possessions and sightings are fairly common with oh, the women of my oh, family. Oh, dude, that's all. Yeah, my dad actually lived in a haunted house when he was younger. Oh, what? yeah. Uh, they talked about like they used to be able to like, hear parties in the house when he was like dead of oh, night. Oh, no. And he, Wait, uh, parties? Yeah, like they. Like what, like what era parties? This, this would have been like, I don't know like 40s era parties you know the kind where you show everyone's just kind of talking what? and smoking yeah like they could just hear like oh that's so like crazy. a bunch of conversation going on but there'd be like nobody in the living room and my dad uh... loves to tell the story of when uh like he was in the kitchen uh and uh it's just like all the cabinets were open and then they just like all shut like at a domino effect like a which is like crazy because no. my dad is very, very like grounded, practical dude. Like everything needs a number, you know. <laughs> but yeah. so you would think that ghosts would be his thing, but he's like, I know what I saw. But to this day, like oh. Oh, I still haven't seen a oh. ghost, man. And my dad's like, No, you don't want to. And I'm like, Yes, I do, father. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> like I'm, I'm willing to bet that is harrowing and terrifying. But I yeah. want that. Oh. I mean. I, th- there could be a reason also why you're maybe you're calling them to you through this album name diary without oh, a writer. maybe maybe it's yeah i got ghosts in my hands <laughs> they're in my fingers I they got... come out through my guitar oh my god i got awesome i got ghosts in my fingers that actually that sounds like a great lyric for another developing singer oh song. maybe i'm you know and actually you sparked the conversation i'll let you have that one <laughs> Oh no, no! I can't possibly do anything with that. Not not at this moment. Not with this show. Look, I understand that we're on episode seven of this. Oh, episode uh, seven! I'm the Force Awakens, huh? There's there's a there's a ways to go from here, cause uh, yeah, still gotta still gotta edit these. But anyhow, Diamond Dogs uh-huh. off of this album. What what can you tell us and the audience about Diamond Dogs? Yeah, so Diamond Dogs is just a fun one, a fun one to make. Um, I forget the full context, but somebody wrote about us after a show and called us like Diamond Dogs. Uh, I mm. I don't even remember what they were trying to call us because I just liked the uh, I just liked the 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 phrase Diamond Dogs. It sounded so cool to me. Like, I don't know, mm. I felt like we should be, like, a 50s gang or something. And, <laughs> like, we were going to, you know, have a guitar battle with Link Ray or whatever. Oh, <laughs> like, my God. That would have been, oh, been awesome. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, I was kind of just like that name, and I wanted to uh, put it on something. And I had written up this song, and I just sort of slapped it on there. And I was like, hey, why not? <laughs> this will be the Diamond Dog song. <laughs> I love that. 
No, I mean, like, it feels, it feels very, with what we were talking about earlier, your, your whole sound for urinary Olympics is, like, it really thrives in punk. Yeah. Like, it really, it comes alive within the punk genre of just, like, really not giving a shit. Yeah, which is. About what people. Yeah, which is, um, I don't know, so much easier said than done. Honestly, our Mm. first shows, I think. I think we were just like pretending we didn't give a shit. I think we were mostly just stupid. <laughs> you know, you're playing in your garage or just a friend's backyard and you know, we were yeah. you know, you're just blasting through all your 90 second songs and you're just trying to get them over with as quick as possible, but you know, then right. the energy's there and then once you start having more to say, you know, it just yeah. kind of comes with it and uh I just always loved the uh I guess an amateur is the right word, but not a derogatory one in this term, because in this context, mm. you know, because, you know, it's, <coughs> excuse me, it's just kind of for anybody who wants to be a part of it, you know? Yeah. There's a, there's a rawness to it. Yeah. There's a very organic um, nature to it. I like that. It. Yeah. A rawness, which is, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, don't get me, we love, um, you know, we love our, our, like, you know, the Zeppelins and all that, which is, just, you know, expertly composed and, I don't know. I, of course, I would love to have been a you know a Led Zeppelin member or whatever. But at the same time, you know, just kind of slapping three, four chords together and just going for it. I mean, that's just a, you know, it's just electric and uh, yeah, it's kind of like a drug. And I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to stop taking it. <laughs> that's that, but that's what it's there for. That's exactly what punk is there yeah, for. Yeah, man, it's kind of. Yeah. I don't know. Punk is so. Uh, I don't know. It's become so slippery, and I feel like now people use it as just kind of it's whatever you want it to be, which is like mm. kind of true, but kind of. I guess it depends on who you talk to. Because <laughs> then you get those, you know, Nazis, which really fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk about them. Fuck them. You know what? Yeah. Fuck you. If you're a Nazi, don't subscribe to this podcast. No. Don't. I don't. I don't want your subscription. I mean, you're, but if you're not, it's like the complete. It's like they don't get. It's actually the complete opposite of what punk was going for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, uh, so we're that's what we're saying. If you're a Nazi, you're not allowed to like this podcast. But if you are not a Nazi, please feel free to subscribe yeah. and rate and review. Tell all your non-Nazi friends about it. Share it with everybody that's not the alt-right. Because it's all right, baby. <laughs> I sure hope your non-Nazi friends are just your friends. That'd be weird. Like, yeah. Oh, gotta go hang out with my Nazi friends tonight. Not Nazi friends. Ah, damn Can it. you imagine? It's something I can't get out of. I'm sorry. You know, they're, you they're German. They're very like... particular about showing up. <laughs> like that person's engagement party where they're like, shit, I have my nazi friends and my yeah, not nazi God. friends i gotta make sure that they sit at different areas of the bar <laughs> keep them in separate rooms of the house which i think <laughs> the nazis would prefer too i think that was kind of their whole thing right yeah <laughs> they were really into separation uh, they love a boundary this is uh, we're uh, really we're really on the edge here i kind of like this that's a punk's all about baby and that's what you came here for listener you came here to listen to some punk and we will not delay it any longer once again, thank you, Damian Winchester of Urinary Olympics, for sitting down with us today and talking to us about this album. Are there any last words you want to tell the audience before we get into this thing? Uh, well, I want to say thank you, Maddie, for having us on This Band <gasps> Is Real. We're, uh, we're, we actually are huge fans. Um, 
I loved uh, Old Money Fuckboys. I was so bummed when they weren't the real band, honestly. I know. Uh, first of all, what a fantastic name and like a great sound, too. I was like, I want to jam with them. <laughs> yes. Neil Dorsey, if you're listening, you really sold that one. Well done. Well done, uh, man. Neil, you're, you're a... Uh, you're a, a true gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> um, I don't know what I have to say to the audience. I don't know. Thanks for having us. Uh, I hope we don't suck. <laughs> I mean, we won't. But uh, I hope you like us. Uh, because if you didn't like us, well, honestly, that'd be... You're a Nazi. Well, maybe. <laughs> you could be a Nazi, but, you know. Based on this past election, there's a 53 Oh, yeah, there's... Yeah, that's you know? unfortunate, yeah. It's a flip of the coin. Uh, but, uh... I mean, if people don't like us, you know, it's still punk, so we don't give a shit. <laughs> but we hope you do, because we right. we love having you at the sh- well. We would love to have you at the show and just to be a part of the moment, because you know, ultimately, we just want to share with as many people as we can, because uh, you know, that's uh, what makes life worth it, I guess. to this band is real folks we got ourselves a real group of boys today and you know i don't need to say good boys i don't need to say bad boys they are in fact the boys you might know them as tom george and jonathan lamborghini but everybody knows them from virgin donkey welcome guys welcome to the show thank you thank you thank you for having us really appreciate being here Oh, thank you so much. I am very excited to talk to you guys about your music. You're um, one of the rare bands that have like come up within over, not this year, but as of last year in 2019, really came together. Um, And then COVID happened. So now we find ourselves in a very awkward position of being some really talented dudes right on the block, 
but then this pandemic happened. So tell me, how did Virgin Donkey come about and what is the story behind the name? Well, Virgin Donkey originally came about about two years ago, actually, um, it's inception, um, or we could say conception at the time, mm. immaculate conception, in, in fact, fact, yes, because it was around Christmas time. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah, exactly. It was. So uh, it was it was a great time. We were um, walking through a neighborhood high on shrooms and yep. we needed to look at a couple uh, lights. We decided to delegate it upon ourselves to mm. judge neighborhood lights in uh, Los Feliz. As one does. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we go to Los Feliz. We're on the third bag of shrooms by this point. And when we're there, uh, I notice one house that is more about the Jesus side of Christmas. Mm. And I was looking at the nativity set and I was like, hey, Jerry, isn't this beautiful? They've got the baby Jesus. Yeah. They've got, Mary you know, Ma they've Mary got Magdalene. Ma Mary Magdalene oddly was invited to this particular nativity set. Joseph, you know, but they also had what was the virgin donkey because yeah. I was raised. Ah where I was taught that it was a virgin donkey that gave birth to, to Jesus. Um, I was really embarrassed for 23 years of my life. Carrying Jesus. Yeah, thinking that a donkey had carried Jesus and then that's where he came from. Um, so- we would, we would think he's a virgin. He's yeah, a but- Yeah. Oh. So wait, did, did Tom have to break the news to you, Jonathan, that it was in fact Virgin Mary or did somebody else have to come into play to was, clear things was. up? It yeah. was Tom. Everybody was there, you know. Oh, okay. Oh, the Holy Ghost was there. The yeah. Holy Ghost, yeah, yeah. Jesus was there, of course, the baby. Right. God was there. But yeah. it was, yeah. Moses Tom. probably was there, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? A lot of people were there when you're tripping on shrooms. But yeah. to get back to the, the question, yeah, Tom broke the news to me at a local Denny's. Mm. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, he broke the news to me a week later. He had practiced giving his news speech for too long uh, ah. because by then we had already trademarked the name Virgin Donkey and it's really expensive to change it back. Yeah. yeah. So that's why we're a Virgin Donkey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I can, I can totally see that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's, uh, it's always tough to get that kind of news like did that shake your faith a little bit Jonathan like was it something that you found you could be comfortable with or was there a little resistance because it seemed so um shocking to you uh you know there was a little resistance uh, especially since I was also a big fan of the uh, Christmas song Dominic the Donkey mm. um, a classic that we just played uh loop after loop of in my house growing up and uh, I thought, you know, he might have been the fabled donkey that gave birth to, you know, Jesus. Uh, mm -hmm. So that shattered that world too. And so a right. bunch of worlds were being shattered. So for a minute there, I was kind of like, you know, agnostic, maybe for like half an hour. But then I said, I I've already committed to this. I, I, I might as well just continue. Do it. All right. Well, that's it. Can I ask you, um, what is the name of the faith that you learned said, um, tenants like specifically about the immaculate conception of Jesus from a donkey like what was the name of the church that you were associated with I'm very curious uh that was Catholicism. uh, <laughs> you know, uh I, I thought it was original and, and another you know super califragilistic type word just yeah. mm. as long 
but uh, no, it's a real thing. And uh, and I'll you know I'm gonna play uh, Leah Ramini right for a minute here and say, hey, don't go to the Catholicism church. Don't do it. <laughs> no, start. you shouldn't do it. I I totally believe you. I mean, like there are people that literally believe that a flying spaghetti monster is their version of God. So I wouldn't put it past the Church of Catholicism to uh, do that to its followers, but. Um, Congratulations for a little bit of enlightenment. Um, I'm I'm not a huge religious fanatic or whatever, but um, I love the fact that people learn something new yeah, every day. Exactly. Just like I, I did with this. <laughs> now, uh, with with your bandmates um, that we had like maybe talked about briefly. Um, so I see on the roster very interesting names for these bandmates. You have. Mario, Luigi, and Bowser from Shanana. Now, is this in any connection to a popularized video game? It's By any means. Like, do you guys get this a lot? I feel like you guys get this a lot. Vertical. Yeah. 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 Um, it, you know, uh, we get this a lot, uh, and we are offended uh, every time that we get this question. Oh, I'm uh, so sorry. They're just, it's okay. They're it's real okay. people. We're glad it was you and not a complete stranger. Yeah. But, oh. um, you know, they're they're real people and they go through this and we get it. It's comical. You're allowed a laugh one time. Mm. After that, they're musicians. And, you know, uh, you know, Mario is one hell of a drummer. Yeah. And that guy can just, he uses shells. He'll use mushrooms yeah. and not like the ones we were talking about earlier. Ah, okay. Um, but, yeah. yeah he's, he's what what kind player. of percussion, what kind of percussion sounds do you guys accomplish with the mushroom? I can only assume that like a portobello has a nice density to it. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. like That's like it. very small tom, a very closely exactly. compacted tom. I see. Yeah. You get a lot of reverb, I would say. Yes. Mm. Yeah, and a lot of echo. Yeah, mm. uh, you know, uh, and, and it's just, it's a lot of fun, but it's more of a squish sound after a few hits because really it only lasts, you know, maybe four or five, you know, time hits before it, it just evaporates, uh, I guess. I mean, like some of the greats just placed um, uh, like friendship bracelet beads on the tops of drums to get their certain sound. So considering... <laughs> Uh, Virgin Donkey being such an original band and you guys have such an original sound. I'm not surprised that we could learn a little thing or two from having some fungi percussion. I, I really like it because you guys are some fun guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, there it is. Fun that was great. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. That's why they pay me the nothing bucks. Anyways, <laughs> let's move it along. Let's talk about you guys together as a band. It's awesome. You guys are making your music together. And you actually had an incredible opportunity shortly after forming the band. You guys got to go play a show in Luxembourg, of all places. Yeah, Luxembourg. Absolutely. Tell me what went on. There, there hasn't been many details released about it because as soon as you guys went on that trip, like the world shut down after you came back. So like, mm -hmm. what can you tell me about what happened? Uh, well, what, what I can tell you is uh, that uh, Luxembourg does exist. First of all, we right. have a lot. Everyone of forgets. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But yeah. it do, does exist. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And and we are uh, you know just proud to be uh, honorary citizens. We were knighted uh, there. Oh wow! Knights of Luxembourg. Wait, uh, how do you get how do you get knighted in Luxembourg? Like, what did you guys do? 
Well, that's the crazy story. So um, we were dying for a show. Yeah. I mean, we just couldn't get hunting. anything, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mario uh, decided to go uh, into plumbing with, you know, his brother, Luigi. Luigi. Mm. Uh, again, unrelated. Okay. Un run. But uh, they decided to ditch uh, the band for a little bit. So to get through this COVID, you know, and help people out. Uh, so we just decided to say, hey, where's the craziest place that we could have a show? And at first, Tom said Cairo, Egypt. And oh, wild. Yeah. We looked up flights for that, and they were just oh, no good. No um, good. Yeah. Do that. So the only closest trip to there was Luxembourg. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like you. We had like our our layover would have been in Luxembourg. We said, well, why don't we just stop there instead? Yeah. You know. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, once we got off the the plane, uh, I think you know the nighting process simply began when uh, we were the first band to play in Luxembourg. In a, yeah. In 40 years. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. We are the first band to play in Luxembourg in 40 years. And they were just so happy that anybody would even, you know, visit them that they knighted us honorarily right before so very we honorary. decided to rock. Really? Oh, that's awesome. That yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, uh, was, was it a bit of a, a shock? Because if it's been, you said 40 years since they had anybody there. So that would have put you guys, the last time that they had any new music that came to Luxembourg would be the yeah. 1980s thereabouts. Yeah. yeah, 1980s, yeah. Yikes, man, that must've been quite a, I mean, like, what was that for them whenever they saw you guys were like, what was the culture very different from how we have it in the States and like elsewhere? Like, was it well, kind of restrained or was it? Uh, no, it was as if everybody, uh, you know, was still wearing leg warmers. Everybody was <laughs> wow. still yearning for that next, you know, band. And they just thought it might be an 80s band. It was as mm. if they stayed with the last band to leave. Yeah. But the last band left, you know, and, right. and they stayed as if that band had stayed there. And 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 then that's, I think their last band fun. was Rush, you know. Yeah, they, they, it they was. Went, we got there. It's like, oh, are these Wild. like right? That's how they. Come. Yeah, exactly. And so we felt honored just by that. And then you can imagine the nighting ceremony. You know, it was great. Yeah, had a really great time. Yeah. So, uh, does that technically mean that you're Sir Tom George and Sir Jonathan Lamborghini? Is yeah. that like your official? Have you guys made that legal yet here in the states? Well, in in Luxembourg, it's sore. Uh, it's sore. Like Oh, with an umlaut over it and an R, you know. Oh, I see. Um, okay. Yeah, it's an odd. It's it's different, but um, sore, sore, you know. Uh, and we are, so we are, sir. We we used to go by sir sometimes when we we want to be funny and we say yeah, yeah we are, but yeah. you know, uh, when we want to be taken seriously, uh, we say sore. Sore, mm -hmm. I mean, sore Tom George and sore Jonathan Lamborghini has a nice ring to it it's very it's a little different but you know who am i to question a language that's been around at least since the 1980s you know what i mean right. exactly yeah exactly. no like I'm, I'm sure that's fine but congratulations to the both of you um for mm -hmm. accomplishing that and i'm so sorry that like everything just started shutting down and that was your first really big show that you were able to do i mean when when I think about music from Virgin Donkey, I think it's just something that uh, I wasn't necessarily prepared for. I had virgin ears to what I believed what music could be until I heard 
y'all's album and um what my what a what a title for an al album um yeah. it's it's like you guys were really reading the uh landscape for knowing that you guys aren't that well known yet but um it was it was a wonderful trick that you pulled to be able to get a show out there in luxembourg um, and you really you really snuck in there without us really realizing that you were there but um this album houdini sphincter Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, what What can you guys tell me about the inspirations behind this album and like some of the music that has now become a part of it? Um, well, before the Luxembourgian uh, show, uh, we had a chance to play at a graveyard uh, for Ooh. a Halloween show. Mm -hmm. um, now I was terrified uh, and Tom over here was not. Uh, so pretty much, Tom gave me maybe, you know, three Xanax and by then I was okay. Yeah. You know, I don't want to glorify that unless you're playing out a graveyard, then I think it would be okay, you know, mm. to make that. So any other circumstance, kids do not do that. But if you're playing a rock show at a graveyard, yeah, I think it's, I really do think it should be okay. Anyway, okay. as we were there, I said to Tom, hey, I think that's the grave of Harry Houdini. And he Whoa. said, yeah. And he said, no, it's not. And, and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And oh. so I said, man, you know what? I wish it was because I've heard Houdini's sphincter was the cleanest magician sphincter of all of, of them all of all time fun fact time. yeah yeah he was ahead of his time and that I, I, I respect you yeah. know for a man to do that oh, for yeah. anybody He's to do that yeah exactly i mean that man could get into in and out of any kind of jam so who's to say his sphincter also didn't do the same exactly yeah, yeah. exactly you know it sounds very okay so the sound is very wrong so right that's why you're that's what it um, if you're anticipating something, you're gonna get a raw sound. So yeah, that's dope. Uh, Houdini sphincter is a good raw song. Exactly, right? we Even, wanted to I go raw. I think Harry Houdini will enjoy in his grave. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, yeah. um, I may we, even pick him up. Yeah. Yeah. When you when you talk about next level, that also means like surpassing the metaphysical, and yeah. or surpassing physical, going into metaphysical. That's just what. Houdini does and exactly. um, what he does Blaine Blaine loves the the album mm. uh, oh yeah Chris Angel, Angel. Mm -hmm. we didn't get a response from him but no. we assume you know he'd like it he was kind of a dark guy uh and then my my nephew he's starting to practice magic um he just uh he just kind of threw it away but you know Copperfield he looked at it yeah Copperfield loved it so yeah. you know dang you got you got a real hand in the magician market then we do, we do, yeah. You know. That's a hard demographic to get, guys. You guys should be proud of yourselves. It's tough, yeah, thank you, yes. thank you. You know, we, we'd like to bow nothing up our sleeves, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I see what you, oh. <laughs> you, Jonathan, you, Jonathan Lamborghini. Well, um, what, what else can you guys tell me about this single? Hey, what's up, guys? So, uh, I just needed to drop in here to go ahead and uh, clear clear something up so as it stands you guys are probably under the impression that urinary olympics is the real band and virgin donkey is not the real band because of uh you know these stories and these guests that we had on the pod they're very convincing in their own ways but um 
I'm actually just going to go ahead and tell you that Urinary Olympics is the fake band. Plot twist. In reality, it is actually a friend of the show and co-creator of the show, Ian Baker, posing as Damian Winchester. He is the reason why we have all these crazy names for each of these fake bands on the show. And uh, right now, Ian is actually in Texas with everything that's going on with the massive freeze that has taken hold of the power grid. And um, Ian's okay. His family's okay. There have been some burst pipes and dislocated shoulders, but otherwise he seems to be doing all right. I just wanted to say thank you to him for even bothering to continue to be a part of the show. He is a true and dear friend, and I am always happy to hear that he is doing okay. If you are interested at all at helping anybody out in Texas, I would suggest donating to a mutual aid fund. You can check out on Venmo at Austin Mutual Aid, at Feed the People Dallas, at Mutual Aid HOU for Houston. Um, Yeah, do whatever you can. But that is all to say that um, the real band is Virgin Donkey, but they're not really Virgin Donkey. The name of the band is The Valet, headed by Tyler Ferrari and Jerry Galvez. So um, the reason why you're not hearing a track is mainly just because there was the fear of copyright, of releasing their single that they did send into the show. Totally understandable. Um, The only thing that I can say, at least for our show, is that this is a purely promotional platform for all the bands to come and release their singles, unreleased contents. I claim no rights to anything. Can't afford it, but we support the artists. If anything, after the show, the thing that we're going to be releasing after the season is a full playlist that you can check out all the real artists and then a separate playlist where you can check out all the songs from the fake artists this season. They're really funny, you should listen. But for anybody interested in being on the show in the future, I claim no rights to your music. You keep all the rights yourself. This is just so we can interview you and feature a full-length single. The only reason why this show is not on Spotify, as I've been saying this entire season, is because they changed the rules as to what you can do with music on podcasts. Full-length songs are no longer accepted, which is why we are existing on other platforms. It's a really dumb rule. All that is to say, thanks for listening, guys. Um, I know it was a weird, abrupt end for me to jump in here, but, you know, that's just what we got to do. We make do with what we can. This is a do-it-yourself kind of show, and I'm a do-it-yourself kind of gal. So thanks again for listening, y'all. This was the penultimate episode. No, that does not mean penis ultimate, as some of you might think. No, it means that it's the second to last episode. Our very last episode will be premiering next Wednesday on schedule. Our very last Twitch stream is next Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. So I really hope that you guys will join us. And until then, we'll see you next week. Bye.